Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. I pray this week's sermon will guide you into a deeper understanding of the greatest news in the entire world, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We value the local church at Central Baptist, so while we are thrilled that you are streaming this sermon, we want to make sure that this never replaces your commitment to the local body of believers. If you are in the Maysville area, I am personally inviting you to be a guest at one of our weekly services. Come and join us. I promise you will love it. We are a church committed to loving God, loving each other, and loving our world. So if God is using this to impact your life, please consider partnering with us in spreading the message of Jesus to everyone on the earth. I hope this message helps fix your eyes on Jesus and drives you deeper into the gospel. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to uh, the book of Galatians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be kind of jumping around a little bit. The different passages are in the bulletin, but uh, we're going to start out in uh, Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and, and 5. Have you ever heard the, the saying that timing is everything? Uh, we, we talk about that a lot in, in sports, right? In, in basketball, you know, in college basketball specifically, you know, wins and losses don't matter a whole lot in November and December, but they mean everything when you get to March. Right? Same is true in football. You want to peak at the, at the, at the right time and just uh, look at LSU and how uh, they're uh, coming together. Uh, but it, timing honestly applies to pretty much any facet of all of our lives. We've all uh, been at a point where we needed to be at the right place at the right time, or we've been at the wrong place at the wrong time. I was reading uh, about 10 years after the 9-11 terrorist attacks happened. CNN, they, they ran a story about several different individuals that were supposed to be in the World Trade Center, but for whatever reason they they were not there at the time that the planes crashed into into the towers one man he had uh, stopped by the post office on his way into his job that was up on the 96th floor of of the world trade center after he had stopped by the post office he he went to get onto the express train to to take it into downtown but the train was overcrowded and this guy was claustrophobic he's like you know what I can't handle this. I'm not going to get on this train. And so he decided to take the local train instead, even though it was slower. And he knew that by taking this train, he would be late for work, something that you would not want to do typically, but because of his issue, he he was going to risk it, only to find out that because he was late for work, his life was saved. As he was approaching the building, he saw the, the first plane strike the tower and ended up killing 295 people in his office. Talk about timing. You know, some of us are counting down the days to, to Christmas, right? It is the Advent season. Uh, for Jess and I, we, we kind of have a, a tradition with us every the first Friday of of December is uh, the Handel's Messiah performance down in, in Lexington. And so we uh, make a night and go to, to, to that. And I have, nothing puts me in the mood of the, for Christmas than listening to the magnificent music of George Frederick Handel put, uh, put uh, to, 
being uh, sung. And oh, it's just beautiful. And many of you, maybe you have an, an advent calendar that, especially if you have kids, that, that you go by to, to kind of help to, to, to get everybody prepared. Even now, we have the, the, the elf on the shelf thing. We, we've, in our family, we've kind of uh, uh, modified the elf on the shelf. We, we, we have a little lamb. We call it Lammy, right, Riley? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and so the goal of Lammy is every day, Lammy is trying to find baby Jesus, and so we have a little kid's nativity set, and Jesus isn't in there, is he? But Lammy is trying to find him, and this year with the addition of Silas, we've added Lammy's sidekick, and Blarney, the, what, Blarney is a, he's a lamb too, and so, uh, yeah, Lammy and, and Blarney are now working together to try to find baby Jesus. <laughs> you know, the, the people of God waited a very long time for their promised Messiah. No, no one, though, probably except Mary and Joseph, were, were counting down the days before that very first Christmas morning. But still... Just at the right time, God sent His Son, Jesus, to the earth. So this morning, we're going to look at the miracle of that moment and what the miracle means for us today. Let's look here at Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. We read, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now Jesus, he was born at just at the right time in human history. Things Jesus' birth wasn't by chance or it wasn't by, by coincidence, no. His birth was set and planned by God before the very creation of the world. The Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah's coming, they were complete. And the time for this moment, this miraculous moment, for God in human flesh to be born into the world had finally, had finally come. But we see in these, in these verses here that, that yes, it was important that, that Jesus were to come to be born of a woman, to be born of Mary, but he was born under the law. You know, the Pharisees tried to, uh, to, to, to confuse Jesus and, and, and get him, to, uh, get him to, to, to blaspheme himself, basically. And, and, uh, and, and Jesus said that there, and he always had the right thing to say because he was God and man, uh, but he said that he did not come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law. See, by, by God sending his son Jesus to to this earth, Jesus was able to obey the law perfectly. He was under the law. But yet, unlike anyone in the history of the world, Jesus perfectly obeyed the law. Something that you nor I was able to do. 
And because of his perfection, because of his ability to completely obey the law, he came to redeem those who were under the law. He came to redeem you and me so that we might receive adoption as his children, as his sons and, and daughters. So yes, oh, we come and celebrate Christmas every year, December the 25th, which historically probably is not the, the time that Jesus would have been born, but we celebrate it nonetheless. But as most important as it is, it takes on a new meaning for each one of us personally that we are adopted into God's family. And through our adoption into, into the family of God, we experience this transformation that a relationship with Him brings. For the goodness that we celebrate on December the 25th is the same thing that we get to feel every day of every year of our lives. You see, some people, they think that the world that we, we live in was created by by some accident, all right? If you've been in school, you've heard of you know, the Big Bang Theory that, that, that just through the cosmos, that, that, that uh, the, the, the matter just kind of combusted and boom, all of a sudden we have the earth as we, as we have it. But everything in the world points to a creator, does it not? And I was thinking as I was preparing this sermon of of uh, the famous painting, uh, the Mona Lisa, which is in the Louvre Museum in, in Paris, France. And that magnificent painting is one that everybody is familiar with, and you look at it, the intrinsic detail of this, of this painting, and, but we all know who painted the Mona Lisa. It was Leonardo da Vinci. You know, this very pulpit was created by someone that was very great woodworker. I don't know who it was, but I'm thankful for it. But everything in creation points to a creator. So why would we think that the, the, the amazing complexity of, of the world and, and the complexity of, of each human being think would be made by just chance? Honestly, it doesn't make a whole lot of, of sense to me. But others would say that, well, you know what, I believe that there's some big guy up in the sky that probably, you know, that, that, that may have created uh, the world, and, and, but now he, he created and now he's just kind of sitting up in heaven, just hanging out, just letting everything happen as it may here in, in earth, that, that he's not involved at, at all in the inner working of, of the lives of humanity. Theologians call these people as, as deists. And I don't believe that either, for the Scripture teaches the opposite of that, and thankfully so. Because how comforting is it to know that that same God who created the universe, the same God that that created the mountains and the oceans and created uh, human beings as, oh, as, as complicated and everything just seems to, to naturally work. I was at, at the, in, in Lexington the last couple of days and so I stopped in to see 
Arianne, and she works in the, the NICU unit at, uh, at UK Hospital, and we're just passing the time, because she was there for quite a long time, and, uh, and, and I was asking her about her work, and she says, you know, I, I love working in, in the NICU unit. She said, I found that kids are pretty resilient. <laughs> Even they come into the unit and, and, uh, with problems that they have, but it's amazing at how well their bodies are to either healing or to adapting to, to what they have. And when I heard that, it's, uh, I had thanks to, to God that, that he created us in that way. But God didn't just create us but he is intricately involved in my life in your life and in the life of his of his children and for those of us who are in Christ we don't just have a big guy who's upstairs just waiting for things to get good no we have a God who loved us enough to come to dwell among us through his son And because he came to be born of a woman, to be born under the law, he came to redeem us so that we might be adopted into his family. Adoption is a beautiful thing. Now, it's one thing to have children that that, that are are born by by birth, and it is, oh, I can't imagine what life would be like without that. But when you are adopted, That is someone coming to say, I choose you. And I don't just choose you to to be a friend or choose you to, 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 you know, to to, to even be kind of a a, a part of our family. No, I choose you to be one of us. And oftentimes in the adoption process, that that child will take the name of their their new family. The same thing is true of of us as followers of Christ, those who have given our life to Jesus, who have been redeemed through the gospel. We are now his sons and his daughters. We now have a new name, and our name is Child of God. Oh, that is, that is such good news. Let's look here to the psalm. Let's flip over to the, the Old Testament, Psalm 104, verse 27, and we kind of get a little more detail into this view of God be dwelling among us. We read these words of the psalmist, These all look to you to give them their food in due season. They all look to you to give them their food in due season. Because God, right, he didn't just create us and, and, and walk away. Neither did he just send Jesus one moment 2,000 some years ago and, and now he's gone and now we just got to figure it out ourselves. No, no, we continuously look to God to give us our food in, in due season. See, Jesus came to live on this earth at the right time, at the right moment in history. But while although he no longer dwells physically on this earth, in fact, uh, Jesus told his disciples something greater in John, the book of uh, John, that someone greater than he was coming. For the same uh, God 
who sent his son Jesus to the earth to, to live the perfect life that we could not live, to die the death that we deserve and to be resurrected from the dead, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in the hearts inside of each one of his children. So now, we have the Spirit of God at the right time and the right moment that we need him. We can see here in, in, in the New Testament book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 6, we, we read these words from the Apostle Paul. It says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. See, this is, oh, this is such great news for us because Paul described the time of Christ's death as while we were still weak. See, Christ, God didn't wait to send Jesus to die until the world got better. <laughs> you know, he didn't say, you know what, man, this place is, this place is horrible. When they, when they finally get up to this standard, although it may not be the, 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 the full standard that I demand, but man, it's just so bad. I, they just need to, to you know, to, 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 to better themselves and then we'll send Jesus come and then he can die and, and then, he can, then he can help those who have been helping themselves. No, that's not what, what God did. He sent his son Jesus while we were still weak. Not at any, just any time, but at the right time. Christ came to die for the ungodly. And the ungodly is, is you and it is, it is me. Right? And so many of us, we, 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 we wait. We, we're... we're we're hesitant to, to receive this gift of salvation that, that God has given us through the gospel of his son, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus because we don't feel like we're good enough. We're like, oh, I just, you know what, I, I need to get my life right and then I'll get involved in church and then I'll start living my life the way I should or Others of us, you know what, man, I got a lot of time here on earth. You know, I'm, you know what, I'm just going to kind of go the way of the world, and then eventually when I get settled down, then I'm going to get serious about my faith. But that's not what God did for us. No, he sent his son to, while we were still weak, at the right time. See, right now, even when we are completely helpless, Jesus, just at the right moment, came to provide exactly what we need. And that's true of, of our salvation, but even for those of us in Christ, oh, today is the advent of day of peace, and how peaceful it is to know that as chaotic as our lives are, as messed up as this world is, that we have exactly what we need. Now, it doesn't mean that it, it's always going to be easy no, in fact, it's going to be hard. The Bible tells us that it is hard, but we don't go at it alone. 
And I can't tell you how many people, countless people I've talked to recently have told me that if it wasn't for my faith and for the prayers that people have been petitioning on my behalf, I don't know how I would get through it. See, we have what we need at the right time. We don't have it before the time we need it. We don't have it when it's too late. God's timing is always perfect. So the faith that we have, yes, in one sense it is a blind faith in that we don't have the the, the map laid out for us so that we know exactly what's going to happen at this point in time. But the faith that we have is not blind in the sense that the same God, the creator of the universe, who has been faithful for generations throughout the pages of Scripture and all of humanity is with you. And no matter what you face, when you feel like you can't go another day, when you feel like, oh, I'm just ready to give up, know that you can hang on because God at the right time is going to give you exactly what you need. We see in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, Jesus said these words. And he said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand so repent and believe in the gospel throughout the gospels we we see Jesus repeatedly say it's not the right time my time has not yet come Jesus knew all about timing because God sent him at the right time to complete the task for which he was called to do in the right time because timing is everything. The thing is, as Jesus said, the time is fulfilled. It is still fulfilled 2,000 years later than it was was when he gave these words to his apostles. And the kingdom of God is now at hand. See, when Jesus came, he, he immediately was able to, to diagnose the problem of the world. Right? Jesus didn't need to gather a, a, a blue ribbon commission to, to analyze all the, the detailed problems of society and call experts and to, to come up with, a, with a, you know, a 10 point plan to be able to implement and get the funding in order to be able to do it. Jesus didn't require test after test after test to figure out what's wrong with us. No, good news is Jesus is God. And so when he immediately, when he came, he knew the problem. And the problem is this, that people were sinners in rebellion against God. People were sinners in rebellion against God. Now, when Jesus proclaimed this message when he was here on earth, that was a pretty radical message. People didn't like him going out saying, hey, you guys got a problem and you need to be fixed, but guess what? You cannot fix it on your own. They didn't like hearing that. And I don't know if you hear that today, but people today don't like to hear that either. See, people, we, we kind of assume that people, we got it all together. Or if we don't, then we could just, you know, just kind of kind of work harder or, or dig in deep and we can better our, our, ourselves. And 
So to suggest to other people that, man, not only do you not have it together, but in order to get it together, you've got to renounce your old life. You've got to put away the old self. You've got to repent. You've got to turn to a 180, and you've got to give your life to Jesus and live for him the rest of your days. It's, that's a hard teaching for people to, to grasp. The thing is, is that now is the time to repent and believe in the gospel. We don't do it on our own. It is the, the Spirit of God that draws us to Him. The Paul, Apostle Paul says that, that the gospel is, is folly to those who do not hear. We, they, they, they think we're ridiculous that we would might believe in this. But I never cease to be amazed time and time again when people hear the good news of the gospel, people that may have heard it for, for, for years, think, no, I don't need that. It doesn't really make sense to me that all of the sudden it, it clicks. And it doesn't click because we intellectually finally can understand it. It's not a complicated message. It's even, even a, a child can understand the gospel. It clicks because they realize that they have a problem that they cannot fix on their own. And that the only way to be relieved of that, of that problem, that sin problem they have, is to give their life to Christ. When they draw close to the Lord and repent of their sins and give their life to Jesus, an amazing transformation happens. Oh, their, their lives are no longer the same. That's why I love the, the beautiful picture of baptism because it is symbolizing a, a burial, burying our old self. When you come out of the water, you are a new creation. The Bible says we are raised to new life. And that life is not as our old self, but that life is as a child of God. So this morning, what is it that you might need to do to consider that each and every day that, that you have is, is a miracle from God? Instead of just another day that I've got to, I got to drudge through, I got to, I got to get through. Because we know that God's timing is perfect. It was perfect when He created the earth. It was perfect when He sent His Son Jesus to this earth. It was perfect the very day that you were born. It was perfect in your darkest days where you didn't think that you could make it through. And it is perfect even to this very day. So what is it that you might need to do to, 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 to change our perspective and in, in how we, we live out our days? Instead of just seeing it as something that I've got to do, what is it that we can see that, oh, that God has given me a gift, miraculous gift, another 
a day to live for Him. Some of us in this room this morning that have not yet repented and believed in the gospel. I tell you, the scripture says, and this is one of the passages, that the time is fulfilled. It, the kingdom of God is at hand. Now is the time to give your life to Christ. The Bible says that it is appointed for man to die once. And after that comes judgment. Now for those of us in Christ, judgment is not something that we should fear because we have the media and we have Jesus acting on our behalf. But if you die without giving your life to Christ, oh, brothers and sisters, your eternity is, is sealed. Separation from, from God and hell forever. So treat this day as a gift from God and repent and believe in the gospel. Others of us, we're just kind of going through the motions. You know, we, we feel like, yeah, we do some good, but you know what, we do some bad, but hopefully the good, you know, outweighs, outweighs the bad. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're not really living the life that Jesus came to die for. You think about that. Jesus gave his life for you, for me. What a blessing that is. May we be good stewards of his sacrifice, of the life that he has called us, us to live. May we not just go through the motions in life and, and try to make the best that we possibly can, but may we thrive in our life, not for ourselves, but for God's glory. What can you do to be an encouragement for others? Right now, there are people that are, are hurting, people that are suffering, Say people that have got God-sized problems. Problems that some good vibes is just not going to cut it or some happy thoughts or some nice emojis. It, it's just not going to make them feel any better. But each and every one of us, if we are in Christ, have the, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We are God's agents here on earth. And so this season of Advent, what can you do to be an encouragement to somebody who is down and out? Somebody who is at that breaking point. They're like, I don't know how I can get through this. I'm ready to just give up. Because if you are in Christ, you have the hope of the gospel in you and you have that message to share with others. So as we, we walk through these days over the next several weeks, may we, may we not be so consumed about ourselves. But may we seek to share the good news of the gospel, of the, the Prince of Peace, to those who are in the midst of great tumultuous lives. Pray with me, please. Oh God, we thank you for your word. God, we're, we're thankful that your timing is 
perfect. God, we're grateful that you are an active God. And God, that everything that you do is good and it is right. God, I'm thankful that I was born at, on the day that I was born. I'm grateful that all of us here were, were born on the day they were born. I'm grateful that Jesus came to the earth when he did. And God, we know that you are intervening in our lives to this very day. God, we pray this morning for those who have not yet given their life to Christ. God, we know that the time has been fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. So pray that they would repent and believe in the gospel today, that they would give their lives to you. God, I pray for all of us, that, especially those that are struggling right now for whatever reason. God, I pray that they would, that they would cling to their salvation our faith in the gospel that we know that Jesus is far greater than anything we may ever go through. And we know that through the power of the Holy Spirit that you give us the strength to live another day, to fight another fight. God, I pray that as we, as we go through this season that we would seek to be encouragers for those who are struggling, both those who are are not your children, and also those who are. God, I pray that we would always be ready to share the greatest news, that Jesus, born of a virgin, came to live the life we could not live, died the death that we deserve, and was raised from the dead on that third day. That is where our hope is found. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is inviting you to be a part of this story He is writing throughout the ages to come. He is offering salvation to you today, which is your invitation to the rescue God offers. You can embrace the rescue of God by simply admitting your need to God, asking Him to forgive you, trusting in Jesus alone to rescue you, and following Jesus Christ, the King of your life and faith from this day forward. If you would like to give your life to Jesus, go to God in prayer and confess your need for Him and that you choose to follow Him. If you have chosen to follow Jesus, please let us know. We want to continue to pray for you and to send you some resources to help you to grow in your faith. Well, I hope you enjoyed this sermon, and I look forward to seeing you in person at one of our weekly services. Could you do me a favor? Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash and share or comment on the things that we post because it helps others to hear about Jesus. God bless.